0: The Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast is a free flowing conversation that may touch on mature subjects. While the opinions are real, the research probably isn't, and somehow Atticus will find a way to talk about the Knicks. And here
1: we go. <laughs> he trumped dudes. It wasn't just in a preseason game, he did it pretty consistently. <laughs> he left dudes saying, What happened?
2: You better put some respect on his name when we're talking about <laughs> the champion, the And I'm just going on eye test here, right? Like, I like the look of this coaching staff, you know? All right, enough of this. Let's see what kind of shit we get into today.
0: <laughs> Are you
2: high? Boy, it's all yours.
0: So it's been a while since we've all been here. We got the basketball jargon out of the way, so we'll move on from that. Although I do need to say uh, one more thing, like, because I am from Philly, I still have love for the Sixers. If if they had somebody that could either equal Ben Simmons or Ben Simmons actually playing, they'd be super dangerous. Because Joel Embiid is unstoppable. He's just unstoppable. That's all I'm going to say. No argument here. And I don't want James Hart. I might I be the only Sixer fan that that want that doesn't want James Hart. What about Kyrie? I would. Kyrie. I would. I would <laughs> he's a mess, mess, though. Like he's crazy. Yeah.
2: But they're not yeah, playing in New York. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised because while, while he was here in Cleveland, he, he came out as like a flat earther and all that stuff like that. There were reports of that. Cle- like it was who was it um, Two like back in like 2016, two of the guys had a podcast and I, I won't be able to think of their names after this is done. But it was two of the guys on the team had a podcast and he came on and was talking about like flat earth and all that stuff. And they were like, oh, <laughs> no.
1: unbelievable talent, but he comes with a lot. So yeah. probably the
0: yeah. best point guard
1: in the NBA Yeah Devin Booker though That kid <laughs> just keeps getting better Yeah Oh my
2: In their prime In their prime and throw everything else out I'm talking just pure, uh, pure skill uh, Kyrie or AI
1: <sighs> That's a tough one
2: AI Skill wise
1: that's AI. A tough one. I'd take either one and be
2: happy with him. See, I'm torn on it because I think, like, pound for pound, AI is the best player. AI was able to get his team to the finals, like, essentially by himself where Kyrie couldn't. But Kyrie also won the only Cleveland, like, he didn't win it, but he hit that that shot. He hit the three that has gotten Cleveland its only championship in my lifetime. So. And, and I really he should don't. have been MVP.
1: But you know what the difference is, too? AI was that dude with not a strong supporting cast. Right, And Kyrie has always had other real strong players in his camp. So he really hasn't had the opportunity to just be that dude.
2: And I think he's very capable of being him. Yeah, well, the Cavs teams before LeBron came back, he was the dude. And I I think the best season, they won 27 games. So anyway, enough basketball talk on our Super Bowl podcast. So how you guys feeling? I will say, you know, Lisa and I were actually talking about this morning before uh, before you guys text about doing the pod today. Uh, I'm excited about this super just in general, just as a fan. It's something different. Both teams have great storylines. Like it's real, even as a as you know, a, a fan in a division that you know, I have a division rival there. Um it's really easy to cheer for either team, right? It's really easy to kind of get behind one and get kind of swept up in it a little bit because they both have great stories. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. I will say the Rams, uh, it's interesting. The line, I think, so when I did the, um, the podcast the other day with my friend, he was saying that the line started at, uh, you know, the Rams negative seven When we did the podcast the other day, it was at four. Now it's gone back to 4.5. So I kind of wonder, and and Loy, you might be able to speak to this a little bit better because you're kind of the degenerate gambler out of all of us. Um, Fair. Is L.A. getting any kind of like home field advantage? Because I know technically the Super Bowl is a neutral site, but, you know, it is in L.A.'s home stadium. Are they getting any kind of home field in that, do you know? They're probably
0: not giving a home field because it's L.A right like if the if, because it wouldn't happen i'm going to be facetious here let's say that they were playing at texas stadium and the cowboys were in the super bowl like they would vegas would abs- it's not going to happen right so but but they would absolutely give dallas vegas would give dallas points they just would um, almost anywhere they go because they travel well right but right. uh they, it's different, man. Like, the the L.A. Rams fan base, like, even in the playoffs, like, you saw it. You know, that stadium was half San Fran, half, half L.A. Yeah. You know, it, so it's not really a home field advantage. What I don't know, and I don't know if you touched on this with your boy, is do the Bengals travel well? You know, the Bengals probably have, like, they've been around for a long time. And they they, you know, back in the 80s, they were decent. You know, and and you know, do they have a fan base
2: that's going to get in buses and planes and and head to LA? Not at not at thirty thousand dollars a ticket, like what's going for whatever it is at the <laughs> at the Super Bowl right now. No, um, actually, the the running joke, and I kind of uh, threw it at my friend in the in the in the pod, is that Cincinnati is uh, Ohio's uh, fourth favorite football team. So <laughs> you got the Browns, you got the Steelers, you got Ohio State, and then you got the Bengals. So the fans in like they are the fans in Cincinnati are, are crazy loyal to the Bengals, right? But outside of Cincinnati, like if I'm comparing them to say the Browns, I think the Browns have more national appeal than the Bengals do. Um, now that might change, but generally speaking, you're going to get more Browns coverage on ESPN. And stuff like that than you will Bengals coverage in a normal year where the Bengals aren't in the super bowl um i agree with that actually but uh yeah so i don't think the Bengals are going to be uh you know have but does the super bowl ever have like a, a large like fan like i get people will pull and cheer for a different team or whatever but it's just the people in the stands right because the super bowl is so expensive it's not like you're normal everyday fan is going and pulling for their team. Like they would a week, a week, 12 game, you know what I'm saying? Like even a playoff game. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, and the one thing I will say is, you know, the Rams and San Francisco, like, I wonder if like the Rams did have to go to a silent count, but if it had been another NFC team, like, I don't know, the, the Falcons, let's say were are playing the Rams in the AFC championship or NFC championship game, would it have been the same? You think?
0: I think it, no, because you because you picked the who'd you say the Falcons, right? Like if it was the Giants or the Eagles, it would have been the same thing because both right. of those teams travel well, mm-hmm. right? Like any if you put any team that's been a history team in LA, it's almost like home field advantage for the visiting team. You know, so you have you have Chicago. You have Dallas, you have New York, you have Philly, uh, you have Chicago, right? So all Raiders, Raiders, it's like a home game, mm-hmm. you know, for them. So it, it really all depends on who they're playing. Otherwise, when you look at the stadium, it's, it's kind of empty until, until that, like I'd probably say early, midway through the season, they weren't, they weren't totally full, Right and the problem
1: with that is
0: the rams don't really
1: have lifer fans in that region. So yeah. you're talking about a team that was lured to Los Angeles and that region really hasn't embraced them to this point yet. They they probably will now because they're a Super Bowl contender, but the the even the Las Vegas Raiders even inherently in my heart are still the Oakland Raiders, right? The 49ers have always been the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the LA Rams, I don't know that it, that it really caught on with the the fan base over there. And they don't have lifer fans in Los Angeles for the Rams.
0: Where were they also where were they before LA Lillis. version one? Because Rams. they were the LA Rams with Dickerson.
2: Right. So, so there's, there's no start, loyalty there. Right. It's hard well, to That's why, that's why that. they left for St. Louis because there's no loyalty. I mean, that's that's why they left the first time. Um, L- L.A., I don't, I mean, I understand on the one hand from a business perspective why the NFL wants a team in L.A. I get it. But L.A. is a Dodger town first and possibly Laker. Yeah. And possibly will be overtaken as a Laker town but it's like neck and neck between the Dodgers and the, that, that's why Correct. So I grew up actually in, in like, so I was eight years old. I lived out kind of by LA. So I got into base that baseball is huge, like huge out there. And that's why when I moved to Ohio, I first gravitated toward the Indians because baseball was what I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, even more so than football. Like I, I, I knew surprisingly little about football until I moved to Ohio and everyone was a huge Ohio state fan. Um, so yeah, I'm like, that's why I don't understand why they have like the Rams. At least you could say have a history there. Why the LA got two teams. I will never understand. Cause that the LA just doesn't care about football like that to have two teams. They don't. Hey, fun fact. The LA Rams moved to Los
0: Angeles, in 1946 from Cleveland. From Cleveland. They yep. were the Cleveland Rams.
2: They were in 1936 the 1936 to 1945. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Can't yes, get so away from Cleveland if you try. <laughs> 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 but Which then is they also were the they will lose this game because. <laughs> is that your call? You're you're making the call already. I don't know. It's it's going to be hard for me. I, I keep going back and forth. Um. Because I mean, if we break it down, uh, you know, Cincinnati's in the division, but I like Joe Burrow. Uh, I like Matt Stafford, but um, Rams uh, coach Sean McVay played at Miami of Ohio, which is my college's big rival. So there's, it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of crossroads going on. So I I haven't actually decided yet. Honestly, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably say the Bengals. Even though if the Bengals somehow win this game, uh, every team in my division will have won the Super Bowl before the Browns even make it to it. But it's really hard for me to go against Burrow. If any other quarterback was on the Bengals, I'd probably be a Rams fan, but Burrow in and of himself makes me, you know, I I pull for Burrow. Um, not, not, Not Hazan levels of pulling for Brady, but, you know, I, I do like Joe Burrow. So we'll see. I'm still, I'm still debating. It might be a game time decision. I mean, I think you let off with saying this, Chris. Like, I, from
0: a football fan perspective, like, I don't have a dog in this fight, right? Like, I just, right. I just want good football. Like, like I the pictures. I
1: just want the pictures, Mike. What's Kidding. that? Kidding. I know that's a sore spot for you.
0: Not sore. <laughs> it, it was no need to post it 15 times, man. Like, what let one thread go? It was hilarious because le- it legitimately made me take a double take. Yeah. Legitimate. I was like, wait, when was I in LA? What? What? what the fuck. fuck? I, know. Yo, I, I saw it on a TV. I was like, no fucking way. I and thank I have yeah. the ability to rewind and pause the mannerisms. Like, every. I, I was know. like, what the fuck? <laughs>
2: I could feel him cussing at me through the screen. It was real weird. Um, Yeah, for I I get it though, Mike. I get it.
1: I I I got it. You know. Um, And I didn't realize I put it on a regular feed until much later. I was just so excited to get it
0: out there, you know. But go ahead, finish your point. I'm sorry. So you know, it's I could go with the Stafford story. I could go with the Joe Burrow story. Right. Like it, it doesn't really matter. I can go with the OBJ story if you really want to. Uh I can go with Eric Donald, Donald, Von Miller. Mm-hmm. I can go with, you know, a bunch of dudes I can't name on defense for the Cincinnati Bengals, but stopping teams, being the number one number two team. Like this is really being not a fan of either squad. Like this is a an opportunity to be a really good football game. You know, and, and that's that's all I'm really hoping for. Right. Like, it's, it's some good football. Yeah, I think that this
1: year's playoffs so far, including the championship games, have been the best small window package of games I have ever seen uh in a playoff series. And I, you can you can span that across different sports. Also, this has been unbelievable where you had games several games decided with four or fewer seconds left to go and a leg of a kicker. And then the Mahomes 13 second, it's just unreal what we are blessed to have been able to see this live, you know, in terms of like, like Mike, you echoed what Chris was saying. You can be happy about both of these teams, right? The stories, the feel good stories, except for Eli Apple, fuck him, right? But the feel good stories on both sides of the ball, um, they make good headlines. Now, here's what I'm going to say. If I would dare, I'm going to give the edge to the Bengals. Not a whole lot to do with the home field advantage thing, because honestly, I think they're probably going to be Pretty level in that regard. Even though the Bengals are traveling to Los Angeles, I don't think the Rams have home field advantage at all. So this is still, in my view, even though it is there, they'll have familiarity with their locker room or what, and the drive to the whatever the case may be. I still don't think that that's going to play play into the outcome. The one quarterback who's been mistake free is Joe Burrow. He's done some, he's taken some sacks he shouldn't have taken, but he protected the ball. When you look at, and God, I feel good about Matthew Stafford even being here. The only reason, the only reason they are playing in this game right now is because Tart dropped an interception that hit him right in the numbers. When he was under pressure and he needed to make the right throw, he made the absolute wrong throw. And a defensive back who could not catch a ball caused the San Francisco 49ers to go home that day. While Joe Burrow, on the other hand, he came from, I think he had a double-digit deficit, didn't he? And yeah. brought his team back two times and played well under pressure. And a fun fact about him and Jamar Chase, they've never lost a they've never lost a, a, a championship game playing together. I don't know. I'm with Chris. I think that Joe Burrow right now, he's got that thing. He's got that Josh Allen thing. He's got that Patrick Mahomes thing. And while Matthew Stafford, you feel good about him and OBJ and, you know, Aaron Donald and and and, uh, Von Miller. I don't know, man. Something tells me that WKRP in
2: Cincinnati. I'm just feeling that right now. And that's kind of where I'm at, like, the, because I feel like if I if I just logic, if I take all emotion out of it and just look at this game, I don't know how the Bengals offensive line is going to stop Von Miller and Aaron Donald. I don't because they couldn't stop Tennessee. And I can't name two people. uh, Bud Dupree plays on Tennessee. He's like the only defensive player. And I'm not even sure if he played in that game. I have no clue. I know that much about Tennessee. Right. But they had nine sacks. And now they got Aaron freaking Donald and Von Miller on the other side. Like, yikes. Uh, Brett brought up a good point where at least Aaron Donald's in the center of the line. So it's easier to double team him. You're not double team. It's different double teaming an edge. You're not putting a tight end on him, for example. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they do that. But Joey Burroughs got it. Whatever you wanted to define it as, he has it. And more so, their kicker, McPherson. Dude is cold blooded, just straight up cold blooded. Like as much as I like Joey Burrow, I also like the balls on McPherson. And if this game comes down to a kick, like a 48-52-yard kick for the win, which is I'll very take McPherson. Likely. I will take McPherson in that every day. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. Logically, I feel like Donald and Von Miller, and then you'd flip it on the other side. The Bengals have a sneaky good defense, but they're one of those bend don't break. They're going to give up a lot of yards, you yep. know, between the twenties. Um, it just the the matchup seems to be in favor of the of the of the Rams, in my opinion. But Cincinnati just has whatever it is, and they just it doesn't seem to matter when they get on the field. They just overcome it. You have no you have no reason to win a game where your quarterback gets sacked nine times. You have no reason to win a game where you're down. What was it like 21 to 3 at halftime in Kansas City and hold them to three points in the second half? Are you kidding me? Like you have no reason winning either either of those games. And yet here we are. So and home field home field is, advantage yes. matters in Kansas City. I, yes.
1: I
0: just want to point that out. Yes. Cincinnati did this twice. Let's not yes. forget that. They were it was almost a carbon copy for what they were down. And whatever they did at halftime in the locker room to make adjustments, they did and they shook. Mahomes in the second half in both games, like it happened twice. It's not like it just happened. Mm-hmm. you know, they just figured it out, and, and it's and you're right, Chris, they give up a shit ton of yards. They give up almost 400 yards a game. But they only give up 19, almost 20 points a game. You know, Rams are giving up 18, 19 points a game. So the, the defenses are giving up just about the same amount of points. It's just that LA shuts you the fuck down. They get to your quarterback. They rattle. They get you to make bad throws. You know, they make interceptions. Um, but what I like about Cincinnati is not just Jamar Chase, right? Because the dude stretches the field. You know, I mean, we whatever. I would have loved to see him in green, but you know, it didn't happen that way. He is is not the only wide receiver they have, though, Right. right. Like, they, you know, T. Higgins is pretty fucking good. So is Boyd.
2: And so is Boyd. So is Mixon out of the backfield. And Mixon, they, I think so they have so a better running pushing. game. And so is, their, so is their tight end, whose name I'm not going to be able to pronounce, but it starts with a U. Uzama. <laughs> <laughs> I know. say, I say, who's
0: mama? <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it's
2: mean, a lot. they have, and that's what makes it hard, right? Like, <laughs> I, I think what makes this game so hard and also so compelling is the glaring strength of the Bengals is that offense, or I'm sorry, the glaring weakness of the Bengals is that offensive line, and the glaring uh, uh, strength of the Rams is their front seven. So, I mean, that that's the story of the game, right? That has to be. It's going to be, can Joey Burrow do it again? Can he pull the proverbial rabbit out of the hat and overcome the fact that he's going to get sacked 27 times in this game? That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And recent history has shown, yes, he will find a way. But at the same time, it's like, can you, can you really pick a winner based off of the fact that, well, he keeps – does past performance predict future outcomes? That's kind of where I'm at, and that's what makes it hard.
1: Can I ask you guys a question? Um, I'm sure we all watch these games and we're just like blown away, but individual efforts. Cooper Cup, have you ever seen a receiver who you know is going to be the target, have a better season than, than Cooper Cup, particularly in this postseason? Like he answered
0: the fucking call repeatedly. Unreal. Not only do you know he's getting the ball. But you know that it's not—it's not long bombs. It's not twenty-plus yard passes. Like he is getting a, a huge chunk of yards after the catch. So he's just making people miss, and he has sneaky good speed, right? And he knows how to run routes and run angles. Like he just—he just runs really good angles. So the pursuit is just off. What a talent! Just insane talent. I just, I really don't think that they really
1: exploited what they have in their receiving core. You got Cooper Cup, who's commanding double, even triple coverage. How is OBJ not, and he's having good games. I like the meme that you posted that one time, Mike, that Baker Mayfield was so bad. He had everybody thinking OBJ was, his career was over. How do you not exploit those weapons? on your left and right. Yeah. And and not not have 400 passing yards with both of them having a buck fifty each a game. and then you got uh who's it Tyler Higby? Is that his name? Yep. They're tight end. I mean he's another weapon on that 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 uh uh I'm about to call him St. Louis that that Los Angeles offense. I just there's so many different ways to look at this game. And, well, I think the Rams' Chris offensive said,
2: line is a lot better, too. Yeah. Than the offensive line. But you you you
1: can't look past what the Bengals have done. And like Mike said, they've done it two weeks in a row. Like Chris was talking about, when, when Burrow kept getting sacked, and those sacks were ugly sacks, too. They were like, there was no line, no protection. The next game, he got sacked one time. The following game, he played one time so they made some adjustments that work can they continue and going into the Super Bowl against the Rams with Aaron Donald and Von Miller and the rest of those guys on that line in that scheme I don't know we're in for a treat though I I just wanted to be competitive because last year's Super Bowl was hot wet stinking garbage it was terrible to watch this year I hope it's really
0: entertaining I think you know, it's going to be right from the from the kickoff on, right? I th- it's, you know I don't know what to expect for the halftime show, but I'm pretty certain it's going to be fucking loud.
1: And I don't think any either one of us, any one of us talked about like we got two of the best coaches, young up and coming coaches. Sean McVay is not up and coming anymore, right? He is who you know he is as advertised, right? But uh, I can't even remember the guy's name in in uh, Cincinnati, Back down. but. I mean, these guys, these are the new wave of coaches that are taking over the league right now, and they're making it look pretty damn good.
2: So the one, the one thing I I do want to touch on uh, real quick, because I kind of had a chance to look at, because I hadn't seen a lot of LA Rams games since, um, since OBJ went over until the playoffs. And this isn't, I'm, in no way comparing Baker Mayfield to Matt Stafford. I will say, though, the one subtle change that I think has helped OBJ a lot is he's not the number one receiver on the Rams. He's the number two. So he's now, instead of being the guy that's drawing the double and triple teams, he's playing opposite the guy drawing the double and triple. Well, teams. he wasn't the number one in Cleveland. Yeah, he was. Really? You yeah, he was our he, number.
1: He, he unplanted Jarvis Landry. Yeah. A number Jarvis, one.
2: That, that's how it, I mean, at least as far as from like the info, you know, coming out of Cleveland, Beckham was one Jarvis was one B. So, I mean, but Jarvis Landry's not Cooper cup either, you know, like taking nothing away from Jarvis Landry. He's not Cooper cup. So not comparing Stafford or, or Mayfield at all. Stafford's the way better quarterback. Um, in fact, if you go back far enough in the group, I was talking about trading Mayfield for Stafford two years ago, mm-hmm. but, um, I do think one of the subtle differences that has helped OBJ is he's not the the, the number one. He's the clear number two, and he is a very overqualified number two. Yeah. So that, that's just the one thing I'm gonna say about that. But continue.
1: I thought he wanted to supplant Landry, but there was just it wasn't happening. You know, the chemistry that was developed between Mayfield and Landry. And for whatever reason, it just seemed like Baker Mayfield and OBJ, anytime they it just seemed like it was forced, right? Like they were like, like, they were like an arranged marriage and they didn't like each other type of shit. You know what right. I mean? So I, I think he's in a good space, OBJ. I think he's in a, on the right team at the right time for everything he's gone through. Even with the shitty deal he signed to get there and getting paid in crypto and... <laughs> I think it's still working out pretty well. For it's, him. it's
2: funny you mentioned that because I was about to say the only mistake he's made since going to L.A. is he took his salary in crypto. And because of the, the, the way the market worked out, I guess he's only made $35,000 or that's what his net worth is. Or that's what he earned because of the value of Bitcoin went down or whatever. But Substantially. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you guys got? I know I'm on the fence. Have you guys made any, any choices as to who you think is going to win this? I mean, all I know for sure right now is the halftime show is going to kick ass and it's going to bring me back to, to the late 90s. But other than that, all um, I know is
0: our kids, Atticus, are about to find out how thug <laughs> we really are, man. That's all I know. <laughs> right? Like they're about to find out. They're about they to see know, you gentlemen. Right? They didn't know existed.
1: Uh, I'll say this. Um, if you're asking me a week from the Super Bowl who I'm going to pick. And this can change tomorrow, which might change again on Tuesday and the rest of the week. But if you're asking me today, I'm going with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Uh, I'm going to I'm going to jump on that train. Right. And we've mentioned it a few times on this podcast, not just today, just in general. Joe Burrow is he's the fucking man. He's a stud. And and he you know, finds ways to win. He doesn't buckle under getting sacked eight times, right? Like, you should not win a football game. Fun fact, the only other person to get sacked eight or more times and still win a game is Donovan McNabb. Um, You shouldn't. You shouldn't win. Like, it's only happened one other time in the history of the NFL. Like, I don't know how many times a quarterback's been sacked eight times, but they've only won twice. And, And, like, he's just got that swag, man. And they believe, and and not to, not to you know compare them to the Eagles of 2018 in the Super Bowl, but like they got that underdog mentality too, right? They're going into this game two to one dogs. Two Do to know one what? dogs. The stage has continued to get bigger
2: for him, and it hasn't mattered either. No. What's well, that? What I mean, if you look at Joe Burrow, though, he's got the pedigree. He's been playing. You know, he won, he won the division three state championship in Ohio, which I get Ohio as like a high school power. Is it what it was say 15 years ago, but it's still Ohio, Ohio high school football, is still a fairly big deal. Like it's still fairly competitive, especially at the top end. He won a championship. There goes to college uh, transfers to LSU wins a national championship there in dominating fashion. I mean, the dude has the pedigree to show up on the big stage and just ball, ball the hell out. Like, that's just what he does. And that's, and you know, coming from where it comes from that, that's just what makes it so hard to, to root against him, even as a division rival. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to go the same with you guys. There's it's like, I keep saying every logical way you want to look at this game says to me that the LA Rams should win it. They have the statistically better defense. They have, you know, about the same offense, but they have a way better offensive line. Um, you know, they they have they have the explosive capabilities. They, you know, how do you cover Cooper Cup and OBJ? But there's just something about the Bengals. They just manage to do it. They just ha- like have that feel good story behind them for whatever reason. Um, and if they have that David versus Goliath thing going for them, even though LA Rams aren't a traditional Super Bowl power, it's not like they're going up against the the, the Patriots or, or something like that, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm kind of inclined to go with you guys. I, I think Cincinnati will win it. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Um, I think it's going to be close. The way I picture this game playing out, it's going to be one of those games where the first half is surprisingly defensive. Like maybe we get to halftime and it's 7-10, 10-13, something like that. And then halftime adjustments come and it just gets opened up we end up at like a 35, 31 type game or something like that. That's kind of how I see this game playing out. Um, But yeah, I I think Cincinnati wins it. It's going to, it's going to come down to McPherson. It's going to be like some sort of crazy stupid field goal where he kicks it and he doesn't even watch it go in. He's just going to, Hey Joey, we're going to go win the Super Bowl now and boom, done. Like that's, that's just how it's going to happen. But yeah, yeah, I mean props to them because they 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 are the true last like they they were one of the they had what two wins last year three wins something like four. that four. four yeah so I mean congrats to them and and I I clowned them when they drafted Chase. I think I put a, a meme in the group, like or maybe it was on my own page, I don't remember which, but I had a picture of Joe Burrow getting sacked by Miles Garrett and I said uh Cincinnati's revamped offense with Jamar Chase um And to an extent, in my defense, that has held up a little bit. Their line still isn't great. I guess spinning it forward, my question to you is: You take a team like Cincinnati; they're not the pit, they're not the Steelers, they're not the Patriots. They don't obviously have, you know, a pedigree of long-term sustainable success, right? How do you see this playing out? Let's just pause for a second. Just as pretend they win the Super Bowl. How do you guys see them playing out? Where do you see Cincinnati for the next five six years? Because wasn't that long ago, we were willing, we were about to annoy Kansas City as the next dynasty, and even the, the Seahawks before them, and neither of them uh, won another have won another Super Bowl since. How do you see Cincinnati playing out going forward, like, after this season?
1: I don't think Cincinnati has to, I mean, look at their key players. They're young, right? Was Joe Mixon in his third year or his fourth year now? I think, maybe. Okay, so at least for the next two to two to three years, their key players on the offensive side of the ball are in place. Their defense, it, it is much easier to find good talent in a draft for your offensive line and defensive line. Um, which is where they'll probably need to do some work, particularly on that offensive line in, in, in Cincinnati, in order for them to remain competitive. But if you look at their division, and that's where it's going to start, right? How do they stack up against their division rivals? I think they stack up very well against Cleveland. I think Cleveland kind of had an off year. There were some, certainly there were better, better expectations for them than they were able to deliver on but I'm going to give the edge to Cincinnati in terms of their talent because of their quarterback position. And I would dare say their receiver position at this point, Um, defensively they're stacking up pretty nicely. I mean, they're kind of middle of the pack, but I'd say they're, they're just above middle of the pack in the way that they perform, particularly in big game situations. We don't know what's going to happen in free agency. If they're going to lose a couple of guys or, what's going to happen there but in their division if you look at the AFC North who's the head chiefs I mean I'm not even talking about just because the 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 miracle story that's taking place right now in Cincinnati right who is the better looking team out of those four teams we can't say the Steelers anymore they're clearly about to start looking for their new quarterback and I don't even think I don't even think their defense, as good as they've been with T.J. Watt over there, I don't even think their defense has enough players to keep them playing at a high level. So we don't know what they're going to be. Cleveland is kind of a, what's going to happen now? Is this going to be one of those things where the whole psychological effect of what happened to their season this year takes them in this direction or that direction? We really don't know. The Ravens are probably the only other consistent team in that division Um, with, when you compare the, those teams. So I don't know. Are they going to be a juggernaut dynasty? I, I'm not going to go on a limb and say that. I think they're going to be competitive and, and definitely in play to win that division for the next few years though.
0: So if you it, and I'm just going to tag on if you look back at the Carson Palmer years, like they were a good football team, you know, they were, they, they made it to the playoffs multiple years. They just could never win a playoff game. They just, for whatever reason, well, they can now. So that's going to be a problem, right? Like I I think that they have one of the top quarterbacks in the league, right? If you look at it, you got, you got Mahomes, you got Allen, you got Herbert, you got, uh, you know, there's somebody else I'm missing. Daniel Jones. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Josh Allen. I mentioned Allen. I oh, did you? <laughs> um, you know, so there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league now, right? And, like, it's a shift. All these other quarterbacks moved out, and now these new quarterbacks on different teams are moving in, right? And and the Bengals are one of those teams, uh you know and i don't see them you know being a i don't think there's going to be any juggernaut that goes to the to the super bowl every year right like tom brady was tom brady that's a twice in a generation phenomenon because he had like two careers if not three but like no one else is is tom brady right like it's just not going to happen that that we that i see right now there's just too much competition right the bills are right there you know so cincinnati's got to contend with them every year the kansas city chiefs are still the kansas city chiefs uh the chargers i think are on the on the upswing right so like you have some teams in the afc that are going to be battling uh but cincinnati's one of those teams and i don't i think they supplant the ravens as the team to beat in that division i just do Right. Like I just I just feel that somehow, some way, you know, they uh, they they make that move. Now, you know, the Browns are an anomaly, you know, because Atticus said it, which way are they going to go? Because they were expecting to win 11, 12, 13 games this season.
2: They were expecting to be Cincinnati this year, for being yeah. honest.
0: So what's going to happen with them? They're going to get their shit together. Uh, was it Baker's shoulder? Are they going to move on from Baker? Can they get another quarterback? Right? Like, I think Stefanski is a good coach. Mm -hmm. You know, they have the defense. So, it's really, it's the quarterback. Like, you cannot win in this league without a quarterback that can win you games. You can't, right? Like, it's, yes, it's happened. Yes, you have, you know, the Joe, uh, what's his fucking name? Flacco. You have the Joe Flacco's. You have, you know, the Hasselbeck's. You have, you know... Eli Manning. Oh, Peyton Manning's. Eli Manning. <laughs> oh, you said Eli. You have the Nick Foles, for that matter, right? Like, coming out of nowhere, right? Like, this that, that doesn't happen. You have to have the quarterback. Cincinnati does. They're going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, it's going to be a decade of that, right? Like, I mean... I'm not happy if I'm a, if I'm a North fan right now. I'm not happy at all because I got well, to continue one, with that.
2: The one thing I will say, and I agree, I agree with the points you guys are making. One caveat to all this: one, going to Tom Brady. The one aspect I think gets overlooked about Tom Brady's game more than anything is the fact that he was willing to do it all for below uh, uh, what a quarterback would get paid. Great point, if Joe. Bur- yeah, if I like, if Joe Burrow comes in, and he says, you know what. I will play the next five years at $17 a year. Yeah, the the North is screwed. Um, The one caveat, though, to everything is the Bengals' uh, owner, Paul Brown, and that family, the management group, they are notoriously cheap. They are the type of team, they're the type of owners that want to build a team that's good enough to get to the playoffs. And if they happen to go farther than that, great. They're like the Minnesota Twins of the NFL. They want to build a team that's gonna get that can you know make a make a run at it every couple of years, get to the playoffs, maybe win a, a home game, you know, something like that. They're not, and that's what was Carson Palmer, you know. Just to go back to him, that was his big complaint. They don't he they don't pay to win in Cincinnati, they pay to be well, do well enough to be relevant. So that's the only that's the only caveat to if and maybe they'll change. Maybe this you know lights a fire in him and he changes his whole philosophy, but that is the one. Caveat that as a Browns fan, I'm kind of holding on to. Um, The one thing about the North, and even really for the Rams too, is both these teams come from really tough divisions. I mean, say what you want about the Browns being an anomaly, Joe Burrow has yet to beat them, right? Um, Say what you want about the Ravens being down this year, uh, Lamar Jackson got hurt, right? And Pittsburgh, they're just stable. Like, I thought they were going to be down this year. And even with like lugging around Ben Roethlisberger's carcass, they made it to, they made it to they made it to a, a, a playoff game. So you know, props to them. Uh, you know, um, I think the North is going to be harder. It's a dogfight every game in that division, just like it's going to be in the West for San, or I'm sorry for LA. Like they're going to have to go back. They're gonna, now Seattle's probably going to be down. But I mean, really, if just kicking it to the North. You know, if the if the Browns are able to upgrade wide receiver through the draft and then maybe pull a trade for a quarterback, where does that leave them? I, I'd i argue position by position, except for maybe wide receiver, and depending on who the quarterback is. They match up very well with the Bengals. Steelers, same thing. If they manage to pull a quarterback, they have a very stable franchise. I could see them being in a trap as much as I hate to admit it. You know, there's a, a, a mid-range quarterback out there that might look at them and be like, hey, that's not the worst place I could be in. Uh, the Rams are, or I'm sorry, the Ravens uh, just need to upgrade their passing game a little bit. So, I mean, none of the teams in the North are, I don't feel like I've, Cincinnati is good. I'm not taking anything away from them. I don't think they're head and shoulders above the rest of the division.
1: You know, the same question can be asked about the Rams. I mean, we're talking about the Bengals, one of the Super Bowl participants. The Rams is another big question, right? Are they going to produce at the same level this year that they did next year? And depending on the outcome of this Super Bowl, how is that pendulum going to swing? I mean, if you think about their division, three of the four teams had double-digit wins. Right. And um, did the Cardinals just miss the playoffs? They just missed it, right? No, they lost in the first round, didn't they? They They did make it. So they had three teams in the playoffs from that tough, tough division. And I think that the year that Russell Wilson had was an anomaly, and I think it's partly because he just doesn't want to be there. The other, But you couldn't tell in his gameplay. You really couldn't tell in that. I think it, it exuded outward with everybody else. That team is in flux. Uh, what's going to happen with that? But I don't know. I don't know that, honestly, as well as the Rams have played this year, they put all their chips on the table, right? They've got no first round picks for what two two years until
2: twenty twenty four something like like that. Like five, ten, twenty. Like I think uh, (laughs) I I think our like maybe your kids will get to see the Rams next first round pick. As far (laughs) I think the point is they got what they got right. Unless they're they're all in for like
1: later rounds with picks and free agency. They are who they are right now, and is that enough to sustain them and to keep them moving forward in that division? With the Cardinals playing as well as they played last year, the 49ers is still a big question mark because Jimmy G, I think we all agree he is not like he is not on the same level as any of these other quarterbacks. But he has a fabulous supporting cast. Right. And they're going to move on from him and put Trey Lance in there at some point. Anyway, I don't even think Jimmy G is going to play another game. Jimmy, he
0: already resigned to the fact that he's moving on. He's already had his welcome. Uh, thanks, thanks, San Francisco. It's been a good ride. Uh, send me to a contender. He's had that press conference. Like, Where do you so, think like,
2: this guy's going to end up. Have you guys thought? Actually, about he's that actually now? been heavily linked to the Steelers. Believe it or not. I
0: can see. I can see Steelers. Uh, I mean, do you take him in Cleveland?
2: Uh, there's. I don't, a spot. Think, I don't think. If If I'm being honest. Jimmy G is just a slightly taller Baker Mayfield. Like, every time I watch Jimmy G play, I'm like, I can see Baker making that wounded duck interception. Like, I, it's the same thing, right? The difference between – and it's funny. I Jim, think Jimmy G makes fewer mistakes than Baker, though. I agree. Right. G- Jimmy G Jimmy G is an improvement over Baker, but I don't think it's big enough to hedge your bet on him. The difference – so it's I kind of had a, a – Much better, experience. though. I don't I, – I don't, I don't think it's huge. I really don't. Right. But then, see, you look at it, and nothing in Jimmy G's game, like, sticks out to you, right? Like, nothing you're like, oh, wow, this guy's an alt. Like, nothing like that. But then, at the, again, you look at the ni- The Niners with him are, like, 33-7, and seven, and without him are, like, well below 500. It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It doesn't make sense. It's, and really, the only <laughs> difference, like, the, the Niners and the Browns play a very similar style. The only difference is the Niners have Debo Samuel, and the Browns don't really have something like that yet. That's really the only difference. They don't have this guy. You can just move all over and, and a running play. back
1: core is impressive though.
2: So you right, right. Nothing, other, but the running back, back core, you, can't, you can't put it like you can take Debo Samuel, put him in the backfield, have him do something weird. You well, there's only one Debo, right? That's what I'm saying. That's the main difference right now between the Niners and they both have good running games. The main difference is Debo Samuel, I don't know if Jimmy G moves the needle enough in Cleveland to, to make a difference.
1: I don't think you need the needle move that much. I think that Jimmy G would be a huge improvement over Baker Mayfield because he makes better decisions in a pocket.
2: I mean, that last play uh, where he threw the interception in the Rams in the, you know, that sent the Rams to the, that that, one play. I, I watched, I was like that Baker Mayfield. I've seen Baker Mayfield make that exact same play every time. Jimmy G is the same type of quarterback in the sense where he's built he, his game is he can hold on to a lead. You get him a, a ten point lead, he will win it for you. If you go down fourteen and want him to lead you back, you better hope Debo doesn't get hurt because outside of that, he's not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So that that's kind of that's kind of where I am on Jimmy G. But he has been linked heavily to the Steelers. There's been some bits about the Browns, with the, like the Browns are like fifth or sixth in the pecking order for him. Oh, well, there's I'm an reading.
0: opening in Tampa Bay now, too.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I've never watched, and I've watched because of the playoffs, to be honest with you, more Jimmy G games in full than I ever have. I've, I've just seen bits and pieces of him. And at no point was I impressed with him and said, damn, I'd love to have that guy. Right. At no
0: point. I mean, I agree with that, right? But then you look at his record as a quarterback starting in this league. It's impressive. I know. It's, it's weird. Dirt. He's been in the Super Bowl and the NFC championship game. You know? Now, is it, that
1: it, because Shanahan has knows how to get the best out of
2: him? Or maybe what is it?
1: He's a good fucking
0: coach. So there's that. <clears throat>
2: Well, and and like I said, the the 49ers, like I said, they run uh, an offense similar to the Browns where it's not necessarily all about the quarterback. Like, yes, upgrading Baker Mayfield to Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or maybe even Kirk Cousins, I think you see, like, a huge improvement, right? But the Browns are built to where, I mean, honestly, like, we could stick you in there, Atticus, and have you hand off to Nick Chubb. I mean, that was the joke when, uh, when Baker went down and Tim Couch's sitting there tweeting like, Hey, I can hand the ball off to Nick Chubb and throw a screen <laughs> to creep hunt. So, I mean, that's, that's the Browns playbook right now. Right. So, I mean, um, I don't know. Like, and, and, and uh yeah, there, there's going to be some interesting quarterback moves. I think, I don't know. Rodgers. we'll see what happens with him. He might say, who knows what Rodgers is going to do. Um, but Wilson's going to move. Something's going to happen sooner or later with Sean Watson. So it'll be, easy. it'll be interesting to see where those pieces fall. And I think depending on where they go, you'll, that'll be a big reflection of, you know, the, the these two teams, the Rams and the Bengals going forward, how well they can do. Because I don't mm-hmm. really think the Bengals today can go into next season, even if they win the Super Bowl. Like, I don't, like with that line, which obviously they're going to address in the offseason. I understand that. But at the Bengals constructed today, I don't think, regardless of what happens next week, I don't think you say they're the clear cut favorites to just like be head and shoulders above everyone in the North. I don't, I don't see that
0: yet. So not head and shoulders, but I, I think that they, you know, barring injury, you gotta, you gotta give them, I think you gotta put them at the top.
1: Yeah. Cause they're not going to lose any of their key guys in free agency. They're there right now. And
2: they, they're going to continue. A, but did their, they even have, I mean, did they even have a winning record in the division? I'm not sure. Like I'd have to look it up to I don't, be completely I don't
0: know let's just let's just say that, that their focus should be in the offensive line in the offseason. you know yeah. they don't they don't need to worry about anything. They need some defense and offensive line that's you know and and those are pieces you could put together in free agency. Now, you made a point earlier about you know Brown being cheap, right so that let's see what happens, right? Let's see if they're still cheap. You know, let's see how they do. They it, haven't uh, been a know. Super Bowl contending team before either.
1: That'll change it. Yeah, your spending habits might be adjusted with your new your new reality. We'll see.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, it will be interesting going forward. But like I said, as as a fan of a team in the north, if I'm going to hang my hand on anything, it's that Paul Brown. Sounds to me
0: like you're trying to make as many
2: excuses as possible, not to be afraid of the Cincinnati Bengals. If you listen to the podcast I did last week, that's the same fear that uh, my buddy Brett has, that Paul Brown, like uh, I forget who he mentioned, like he was naming players that I completely forgot about, but there was a, a dude on the Bengals forever. He was like one of their, he was like a pro bowl left tackle or something like that. Pick picked their draft picks up from the airport. And uh, he got an offer from another team. Went to Paul Brown and said, "Listen, I will take two, three million off this offer to stay here." And he said no, and he left. I mean, that's just what happens in that with the Bengals. Because, like I said, Paul Brown makes it a point to make them good enough to to be on the edge of competitive, but not enough to ultimately like win long term. So that that's the one thing I can hang my hat on right now.
1: Um, real quick. <clears throat> And I know this is Bengals. The the fact that we're even discussing Bengals and Super Bowl is pretty impressive. I want to say that, but I'm still kind of stuck on this whole 49ers thing real quick. Do any one of you believe that without, I don't know how to word this, but I'm just going to say it the way it's coming to my mind. I don't think the 49ers should have made it as far as they did. If it weren't for the spectacular job that Shanahan has done, because talent wise, I think they were overmatched by everybody that they played in the playoffs and should have won against the Rams. If Tart, I think is his name, didn't drop that.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it only me that's not like, like thoroughly impressed with the job that Shanahan has done with these guys who are really not? The, the, except for Debo Samuels, right? And maybe Kittles. Who, who else can you really point to and say, that guy will win us a championship? You understand what I'm saying? Did well, he I mean, do a phenomenal job with the group he got? It's kind of like the bad news bears type
2: of, right? Well, the interesting thing is if you look at it, like they got in, like how many touchdowns did they even score this postseason? They didn't score any in Green Bay. None. I think they scored one offensive touchdown against the Rams. So I mean, that's the weird thing, right? Because Shanahan, the, his whole thing is he's an offensive guru, and the offense didn't do anything. I mean, if we're being completely honest, I mean, they did enough to win. You could argue that they didn't but... put up put up
1: touchdowns, but they put them in scoring position, and his defense showed up when he needed, except for that one play. Showed up with. Got to take your hat off to this guy. And I look at him like, when you look at him, the visual, it don't sell you on it, right? But the game plan and the adjustments, guy's a great coach, man. Got to give it to him. How they went into Green Bay and beat Green Bay. I know Liesl must have been sick. I can't even understand. I thought to myself after watching that first that first uh quarter and a half Aaron Rodgers is finally going to beat the 49ers. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, it was not. It was not uh it's not a fun time to watch that game in my household. Not on Carrie Lane. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah,
0: I oof. I mean, I th- I think the Niners and and I talked about a little little bit about this going into the playoffs, right? Like, they started the season three and five, right? Then they finished the second half seven and two. And they still snuck, you know, that was to sneak themselves into the playoffs as a wild card, right? And, and I, I said, you know, this is a team no one wants to play, right? You know, they have a lot of momentum going into the playoffs. And you're right. Like, Shanahan just got them playing really, really good football, playing their football. Right, they didn't try to do something that they can't do. Right, and and whoever made the decision to say, "Hey, we have this talent. His name's Debo, and we're going to move him all over the field and just put him in different places to be effective." Right, and, and like, is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? Is he both? Like, you don't know. And the dude blocks too. Mm-hmm. He blocks too, and and he's a he's he's a physical specimen, and. I say, you know, pro- arguably the best player on that offense, right? Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. to be right. Mm-hmm. Arguably top ten offensive player in the league. You know, barring quarterbacks. So, you know, if whatever Shanahan did, he said we're gonna we're gonna put this into our offensive game plan. Being that we can't keep a real running back healthy for to save our lives, we're we're gonna go with this. And, and it worked. And they went 7-2, and two and they went into the playoffs. And they made a little bit of noise, you know. And they should have beat the Rams. Should have happened. I mean, I think Chris could have caught that ball. You know, hit him right in the hands. Wasn't even a bullet, you know. And Stafford throws a mean ball, but it wasn't even a bullet. You yeah. know, so, yeah, I agree. Shanahan has got to get, you know, we – we get caught up with the with the gucci coach of you know who's coach of the year right and and shanahan's been coach of the year but like he needs to be in that discussion every single year
1: needs to be i'm just very impressed with what he was able to do with what
0: he had you know it's the kind of coach that you want for a decade plus for your squad I mean like McVay, you expected
1: the Rams to go as far as they went, right? Yeah. You didn't expect the 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 49ers with their talent, I'm talking roster to roster to make it into the playoffs and play in the championship game. You just didn't see it happening. So, I don't I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I'm just impressed by that, that's all.
2: Well, you know it's you know, what's uh, interesting going forward is, and I think it's kind of a storyline that hasn't been get, gotten talked about a lot, but we're kind of seeing two coaching trees that I think are going to be doing battle for a long time. You have Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree, which includes uh, Stefanski and a couple others, um, versus McVay's coaching tree, because remember a couple of years ago, basi- basically – the last time the Rams made the Super Bowl, basically anyone who ever had a beer at some point with uh, uh, McVeigh got a coaching job. Like, you got Kingsbury, you got um, – I just had his name. I can't th- – I'm going to draw blanks now. I'm trying to talk about it. But, like, I think it's going to be interesting because, like, for as much as we were we'll focus on the par- Parcells, I think is one of the big coaching trees, the Reed coaching tree, the Belichick, um, Belichick coaching tree. Those are the two coaching trees we're going to see, I think, do a lot of battle over the next five, 10 years. It's going to be some, someone, uh, who's the other one? Oh, LaFleur in, uh, in Green Bay is on the, is on the McVay. They all come from the same tree. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting going forward. I think that's one of the underrated. Oh, even, um, the Bengals, Zach Taylor. He's one of the, I had a beer once with Kyle, uh, McVay. So now I'm a head coach. Um, How good of a coach do you guys think Zach Taylor is? Because one of the things that's that's interesting is if you look at his record, even with all the winning this year, he's still about four or five games under 500. I think he won two games his first year, four games his second year, and then there's this year. So he's like still four or five games under 500. Do you think that changes long term? Do you think this like kind of puts it, elevates his coaching or is this year just kind of fluky?
1: Yeah. I mean, he lost his starting star quarterback after, what, week two last year. So this is really his like rookie campaign. And look what he's done when he's got the players that he wanted on his on his team. You kind of got to give him like half a credit for that one losing season, you know, because he
0: didn't have what he was, you know, supposed to be working with. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna be one of the coaches that that has a little bit of a tenure, you know, not gonna be on the chopping block. You know, I I think he's pretty solidified unless something drastic happens. Like I don't see them falling off what were they ten and seven this year? All right. So we have 17 games and yeah, you know, uh I think, you know, just based on today, the Bengals are at least nine and eight next year, right? So you're going to see you're going to see him close the gap on his overall winning record, um, you know, and and you're right. It's going to be interesting. You know, we're starting to see some of the old guard move out. Right. Like, you know, and why does the B enemy still not have a job? OK, can we, we'll put that off for another podcast. Right. But like what the like Chris and I talked about this maybe a month ago and, and like, is there something in his closet? that he just doesn't get a fucking job. Like, he, I haven't even heard his name this year, to be honest. Like, and that's just fucking weird. But anyway.
1: Well, I'll just say one thing. I think there is an effect that happens when you have a quarterback on that particular level leading your team. Byron Lefwich has been the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay and hasn't even been considered for a head coaching job even though his team
2: he's actually he's actually uh has been they've been he's been um with the Jaguars they've been
1: I know that but believe me that's the Rooney not gonna be it.
2: yeah that was the Rooney rule
1: nobody really took him seriously as a potential head coach because the talent at quarterback was that where does the where does the line Get cut off where it was the OC and the quarterback picked up from there to lead, right? So where where does it end and where did that start? And that's the same thing that I think is happening with whether it's fair or not was is happening with Eric Bieniemy because Eric Bieniemy, let's not forget, Patrick Mahomes was concussed and knocked out of a game, and he had. What is his fucking name, that quarterback? I can't even remember his name. He used to play for the Bears, and he's his backup over there. He won a playoff game with that guy last year on his way to the Super Bowl. So he picked the right plays and called the right game with a backup quarterback in the playoffs to continue their ride to the Super Bowl. So I don't know, but... I'm going to say that that's probably a part of it is the talent at the quarterback position is not serving him well when it comes to serious consideration for a head coaching job.
2: So I was, wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up, but since we're kind of headed that way anyway, how do you feel about the whole Davo Flores, New York? My opinion. Yes. Your opinion. Um, you've, you've been kind of quiet on the board, so I'm just kind of curious. So I think that <clears throat> the, the Giants are one of
1: those teams that have had this really conservative, old fashioned, old guard way of doing things for a lot longer than they should have. Like it's long past and they're still trying to operate using the same set of principles that created a winning culture 20, 30 years ago today that will not work. Right. So when they hired Joe Shane, first of all, there was all these other GM candidates, but they already knew Joe Shane was their guy. They knew that. So there were a lot of interviews that were taking place for the formality of we need to show we're doing our due diligence. But they knew he was their guy. Joe Shane knew Brian Dabble was his guy. Here's where the Rooney Rule does not serve well. Because when you already know who you're going to hire, but you're forced to bring these other people in to satisfy this. And I understand why it was put in play. I mean, there's a lot of people who may not have been given opportunities if it wasn't there, but they already knew. So when Brian Flores, and he was my choice for the head coach, I'll say that because I don't, and it all made sense in his lawsuit about he was offered opportunities to to make more money if he tanked games. And that kind of piggybacks into Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson did the same thing, but he did it so obviously they had to let him go. But Brian Flores, I don't think his situation was like racism or anything like that. I think he was, unfortunately, he had to come in because of the rule, but they already knew they were going to hire Brian Dable. Now, that does not preclude Brian Flores. And see, he already knew it, right? So he knew, I'm not getting his job. I'm just, this This is bullshit. But he could have taken a different approach. He could have said, you know what? I'm going to blow these motherfuckers out of the water in this interview and make them rethink that Brian and hire me as their head coach. But his mindset was somewhere else and i don't think it served him well so he's part right he's part wrong i think the bigger story coming out of this whole thing is there's a couple of things number one the giants look bad because they're mentioned in this whole shit show right they did the thing the 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 reason the giants look bad to me is somebody from the giants told bill belichick who they were hiring ahead of time if they wouldn't have said shit they wouldn't look bad right the Rooney rule isn't serving the situation well because they had already made the decision but the bigger thing is all of these tanking games this shit that came out of miami that's a problem this shit that came out of cleveland that's a problem and there are players who are stepping up now supporting those allegations and saying that yeah this shit does happen
0: so that that's my take on the whole thing and i I will say you mentioned uh I'm glad you mentioned Peterson, right? I mean, we joked about it on the page, but like they absolutely pulled Jalen Hurts out of a game they could have won, right? Without a doubt, and that's a tank job, right? It just is. Uh, Who made that call? You never fucking know, right? Like, could have been Howie, could have been, could have been Lurie, could have been, but it wasn't Peterson. He just did what he was told to do, but he did it so badly, blatantly. Blatly, glad to see he landed in, in Jacksonville, by the way. And I think that's a really good move for that franchise. But uh, And that quarterback, right? Because I think he do a good job with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we're going to see a different Trevor Lawrence. That's, that's all I'm going to say on that, right? The thing that, and, and like on paper, it looks bad for the Giants because they have never, they're the only NFL team that has never had a black NFL or a black head coach, right? The only team. So now this comes out, and, and Stephen A touched on this, and I don't really – Stephen A's a knucklehead sometimes to me, right? Like, he likes to hear himself talk way too much. Well, it knows um, his ratings, too. But, but, he, but he makes valid points, right? But, like, I, I I don't know if you can singularly attach your wagon to this, though, right? Like, yeah, that's a fact, but there's so many other factors play, out playing into this, right? Like, and I agree with you. They hired a GM. GM's go with what he knows, right? Like, you know, we'll see if that's a really good plan. You know, it, it was it Josh Allen? Is this fucking good or was it Dabo? We're, we're about to find out, you know. Um, but you you mentioned the Cleveland deal. You mentioned what else happened in Miami. Uh, Brian Flores shouldn't have never been fired from Miami. Never. Never, never. been fired. I, you know, I, I hope he still gets a job. It sucks that it's probably going to be Houston, but it is what it is, right? And maybe they figured out the Sean Watson thing, and he decides he wants to stay and play for that dude anyway. That 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 would be best-case scenario. But, uh, you know, the NFL has a problem right now, and it's not just the Rooney rule. It, it's, you know, the integrity of the game is is on fire right now. Yep, it's been called into question. You know, and, and we talk about refs and fixing games and this, that, and the other thing, and I don't – the game is so fast and so impactful, and it's a game of inches. I don't know how you can literally, you know, fix refs here and there, right? Because on any given play, a flag could be thrown. But when you intentionally tank a game from a coaching perspective, that's, that's, that's another level to me, right? And, like, that's, that's what's on, on the table right now. That's what's happening. So is, this is not a really good look for the NFL, Um, kudos to Brian Flores for, for, I mean, he's taking a huge gamble right now. Yes, he did. You know, but you got to give it to him, man. So more will be revealed. Um, I want to go in on the giants really bad, but like, I don't, I don't blame them for what the, for what they did at all from a coaching perspective and a GM perspective. Like they got what they wanted to get. And philosophy-wise, we'll see if it was a good move. You never know. It's always a crap shoot. But, you know, that's that was their plan. Uh, you know, the other
2: shit, not good. Yeah, I, I mean, my my take on the whole thing, first, as far as Hugh and the Cleveland Browns go, uh, Hughes actually walked back his statements. He actually went on CNN and said, well, no, I was never actually incentivized to tank. His whole thing is more the Browns didn't do me any favors by drafting players I could win with. That's kind of more (laughs) now how you want to, you know, and, and the bank, and the Browns are saying, well, you went two, five and one. And then when we let you go, uh, Greg Williams went five and three with the exact same squad. So, you know, say what you want. Right. Um, But that, that's where Hugh Jackson is. So it's, you know, it's similar, different, uh, however you want to look at that. Um, by the way, we just missed it, but uh, happy Hugh Jackson 131. There it is. Uh, that being said, um, as far as uh, Flores goes, I can kind of see both sides of it, right? Like the trend in the NFL and coaching hires, uh, in my opinion, is obviously it's going toward the quarterback whisper. It's been this way for years now, like the quarterback whisper, the guy that can build up your draft pick because that's it's been deemed that's the most important. That's the one we're going to put the most stock in, blah, blah, blah. So the guy that can get the most out of the quarterbacks, the way we're going to go, unfortunately for Flores, he's a defensive court or he's a defensive uh, guy. Right. So we don't know if he's a quarterback whisperer or not. What we do know is I can't think of one viable uh, Miami dolphin that's fantasy viable. Right. And yet they've, he had, he didn't have a, I think the last two seasons, at least he didn't have a losing season in, in Miami. So, I mean, I think if we go back and listen to the tape, we had picked Miami to do much better in the division than they ended up doing this year. Um, in fact, we
1: praised them for the strong finish two years ago. Right. We thought they were going to do really well this season.
2: And so, and so, but where I can see where Flores is mad because I know if I'm interviewing for a hard-to-get position and I find out beforehand that I'm just there to getting called up to fill some sort of Quota. I don't. I hate using that word, but I don't know how else to say it. Right? Um, yeah, I could see where I'd be pissed too if it's already a done deal and I'm just going up to fill some sort of thing and I'm wasting my time getting turned down from another position just because they have to interview a black guy. You know, like that's that. I feel like that goes against the spirit of the Rooney Rule. You're supposed to be giving them an actual chance, not just bringing them in and talking to them. My problem is if you want a uh, offensive guy. And we just mentioned him. Why are you talking to Flores when Eric Bieniemy is sitting there? What skeleton is in this guy's closet? I want to know. I'm about to hire a private investigator and try to figure out. Like, Because in my mind, if that's what you want, why are you not interviewing the guy whose quarterback just beat the guy whose quarterback you're, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just my take on it. I understand the whole, well, he came from Buffalo. He knows him. So he's coming from Buffalo. I get it. I can also see where it stinks from from Flores' point of view.
1: Yeah. I, I think that um, the Giants just knew who they wanted, and it wasn't Flores, and it just makes the whole thing – it kind of exacerbates the whole thing uh, to a place where it didn't need to be. So, and, But I'm 100% in support of Brian, Brian Flores. He should have never looked – You look at the long list of coaches who kept their jobs Mm -hmm. with um, worse records than he has had, has had less production than he has had. And I would dare say in a tougher division, with the exception of the Jets, oh my God, it's like, why did this guy get fired? I don't even understand it Um, until I read the lawsuit and I said, Okay, well that makes perfect sense. Now I could just be looking for a reason for it to make sense too. You know, but at the same time, why would a guy put his risk his put the rest of his potential career on something like this? What's the incentive for his, incentive for him to do this? So there's where there's smoke there's fire. I believe that there was some tanking going on and that that bothers me greatly. That listen, we have watched people destroy their personal property and shoot TVs because they invest so much of their emotions into the sport, of, right or wrong, they do, into the sport of football. Um, this is the one, well, I should say the, the, the most popular sport where they try to promote this idea that we're going to try to win every game. We don't tank like the NBA. We don't tank like some other professional um, sports and and the, with the, the idea that we're going to be able to draft some guy, we're going to try to win and bring you at least that joy at 415 on a Sunday that at least you won this game, you know, and for this to come out the way it came out, even the commissioner said we have to do better. He knows, like, it's obvious. It's out there now. Now the question is, how are they going to respond? What's going to happen?
0: And I'm looking, I want to see. I'll exit with this, right? Like, Flores is, you know, one of the candidates for the Texans job. The other two are Josh McCown, who's never coached, right? I think he coaches in high school, right? I mean, he was a backup quarterback for the Eagles two years ago. And the other one is defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon for the Eagles. Like, what has he fucking done? Like, there's no reason. And those are the three candidates. I haven't heard another name come out of Houston, Texas. There's no reason why he shouldn't be the next head coach of the Texans.
2: Well, and and rightly or wrongly, I think what the Flores situation has done is it's kind of shined lights on other situations around the league that maybe kind of got swept under the rug. Like going back a couple of years, Willis on the Cardinals, I think it was, or was he, was he the, he was no, he one was the Cardinals 49ers. guy? No, uh, uh, Will, um the guy that Kingsbury supplanted—I'm pretty sure it was, his, his name was Willis. Okay. He was there for—he was there for one year. He didn't get to pick his own staff. Like, there's all these like little stories that come, and it's just kind of like things that make you go, hmm. And then you got Marvin Lewis saying, "Well, the same basic thing happened to me before I got the Cincinnati job. I guess it leaked that the the Panthers were going to hire John Fox." Mm-hmm. And they they flew Willis down, or I'm sorry, not Willis, they flew Marvin Lewis down anyway, and he asked him in the interview, like, hey, it's getting reported that you guys are hiring Fox on Friday. Why am I here? Now, I think this was in 2002, so this would have been pre-Rooney rule, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, there's all these little stories you hear, and it, it's just, it's it's getting to a point where there's too much of a pattern for it to be a coincidence, and... That's just kind of where I am with the whole thing. I, I, I'm not going to say anyone's deliberately doing something, but there is a definite pattern. It's not yeah. my place to say someone's purposely doing anything or what the GM of the of the of the uh, Giants has, you know, what he thinks of what. But that's that I'm not going to go there. That's not my place. But there's definitely a pattern. And I think that's what this is shining a light on.
1: And, you know, they're leaving a lot of blanks for you to fill in on your own. So they have to respond. Right. Like Peterson took his team to a Super Bowl in what, three years ago, four years ago, and won with a backup quarterback as the true underdogs. They were like the the the, uh, the Patriots were heavily favored to win with good reason. And then. He The next year, he has an opportunity to win that game, and we all know what happened there. Then he doesn't even get entertained. Even I've seen coaches get fired and brought in for interviews for other teams that same year that they've been fired. Nobody brought him in for an interview that year. They knew what happened. They had to wait for the dust to settle. And this year, he interviewed for, what, five or six different head coaching vacancies, and he got one which is probably a good one. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him and for Trevor Lawrence out there. But you're right. People are seeing this. There's stories that come out and uh, not for nothing. Some stories that were brushed under the rug are going to be pulled back out from under the rug now and people are going to look at them a little bit closer and you're going to see the patterns that you just alluded to. They're there. We are in such such uh, the world has evolved to the point where People don't just ignore shit the way that they used to anymore. They want to know what's going on. If not for their personal edification, um, there are these reporters now that they're trying to make names for themselves, too. Let me blow this shit out of the water and expose this. And the uh, NFL has been in the crosshairs of a lot of people for a long time. And there's people who's waiting for stuff just like this to take advantage of. So we'll see.
2: You know, I just, I think it talks, ties back in because we were talking about um, Taylor on the Bengals. Brian Flores has a better career coaching record than him. Taylor got a third year, makes his team to the Super Bowl. He's probably going to get an extension after this year, right? It's just, it's just interesting when you start looking at these different things and it's like, how, why? And what's the difference between Taylor and Flores? Taylor had a better quarterback. Put Burrow on the on the Dolphins, right? Like it's, it's these kind of things. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like we've kind of swerved way away from the Super Bowl. Kind of like to bring it back to that just so we can kind of end on a more upbeat note. let um,
0: uh, I think we got our picks in, Chris. Let's uh let's end on a Pro Bowl, man. Who's winning?
2: I mean, I gotta go AFC. NFC. It, they're NFC. powered by the Browns. So. <laughs> NFC's win. <laughs> Do we have a final score? Pretty- so real quick on the Pro Bowl, do you guys actually like the Pro Bowl or do you rather see like no. a skills challenge? I rather, it's, see, a I'd rather straight up. see skills you know, challenge. It's day. all
0: is the one sport that you know you can't you can't play a game that's that's even remotely meaningful because of the potential impact of injury, right? Like, I mean you got nah dude, you just can't do it. You know, so you know they're not playing a whole lot of defense. You know, I'd rather see skills competitions. Remember the old school ABC show where they used to do all the, It was all kinds of athletes, right? Where they did like a 10-event a triathlon or whatever, decathlon, you know, with, with all these different sports stars. I'd like to see something like that instead of the Pro Bowl. I'd like to see... The
1: NFL honor show where each of the best players at their position get their honors for whatever it was, whether it be offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, quarterback of the year, running back, whatever, whatever. And then have the skills competition based on the finalists of whatever the, the results were for that award show. Pro Bowl is just I never watch it anymore. It used to actually be entertaining. I'm going to say about 15 years ago. It used to be at least mildly entertaining. Now, honestly, outside of the Super Bowl, the only football I'm looking forward to watching is some college games. And I do want to see the revamped USFL, what goes on there. And that's it. Oh, wait a minute.
2: was it the XFL that The Rock? The XFL. Yeah. XFL. XFL. Yeah. So how I would change the Pro Bowl is what happens is you still have the people elected to the Pro Bowl, just like you do now. You have your AFC team and your NFC team. Then once the Pro Bowlers are selected, they select captains. So out of everyone, that gets, they all get together. They say, okay, this guy's our captain and this guy's our captain, maybe two captains, whatever. And then they're kind of like what Mike said. There are 10 different types of, of events. So you got like who throws the ball the farthest. Uh, who can run the best route, whatever, like, you know, some sort of, you put the receivers on a clock, right. And they get, you know, they can score points for how long a thing they get, but they only get like 45 total seconds to run five routes or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like make some sort of stipulations. And then those captains get to choose which guy from their elected squads represent in in that competition. And then, yeah, whichever team wins the majority of those competitions, um, You know, and then maybe have the tiebreaker be like a a seven on seven flag football on the beach kind of thing. Like, do it that way. Like, because, yeah, no one's going to play to get injured. And God forbid someone ever did in the Pro Bowl, right? Like, imagine someone breaking their leg and missing half a next season because they got they fell weird in the Pro Bowl. Like, I, I know you can't totally avoid injury when you're an athlete. But, yeah, there's no point in playing a sham of a game. But yeah, so we're basically
1: all in agreement that the Pro Bowl is ass. Yes,
0: yeah. the but superstars. was the name of that show? The superstars, yeah. Chris. You
2: might be a little young to remember, but yeah, yeah. was that Maybe. like American? Ooh, what if it <laughs> bring back the American Gladiators and just have it be with NFL players? Some something better. Yeah. I mean, they had an obstacle. I know.
0: I know. Atticus remembers the show. I Could do. It- uh, it was it was a phenomenal show. They had they an had obstacle course, they had a bike race,
2: you know, good stuff. I want to see Tariq Hill versus Devontae Adams versus uh, Justin Jefferson on the aggro crag. That's what I want to see. All right. You guys know that? Did I just did aggro? Did you guys ever see guts? You guys might have been too old for guts.
1: No. No. So,
2: Guts was an athletic show on Nickelodeon, and the, the final thing was, like, this huge, like, the aggro crag. It was, like, this huge obstacle mountain, and you climbed this mountain and different things fell on you, and uh, the kids would race up the mountain. And that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see three top receivers running up the aggro crag. Make it happen, NFL.
0: I think we're on to something here, man. We need to call
2: the producers <laughs> of some, some network. Put send them up. a pilot. Yeah, I'll send them well, to pilot. apparently – Apparently, my dad's neighbor is like the mother or the grandmother. I forget the exact relation of the director of player personnel for the Arizona Cardinals. So we got a pipeline. We we can get it in there. We can start floating ideas. Float it. (laughs) Well, it's been a good one, gentlemen. Do you want to do another one before the Super Bowl or maybe just do a Super Bowl recap? Uh, Recap. Let's do a recap. Recap. all right, so to finalize the picks, we're all we're all going Bengals, right? Bengals. And, as of and today, of Bengals. As Score of for today, day. I'll
1: let you know if that changes at halftime.
0: <laughs> I will. Uh, when you post this pod, I will. I will update my pick. Uh, you know, daily, maybe hourly, leading off the game. Okay. Um,
2: minute by minute, Super Bowl predictions change during the Super Bowl as they it. Yep. All right, gentlemen, well, I'll catch you next week. It's been a good season. See you when it's all over. All right, right, guys. Have a good Good
0: one. Do you ever disagree with what's said on this podcast? Well come join us on the Facebook page that started it all. Football trash talk for real fans. You can let Loy know how much the Eagles suck.
2: Tell Atticus how delusional he is about all New York sports. Remind Chris that the Browns are one of four teams to never reach the Super Bowl, or even talk about the hottest slot receiver of all time, Randall Cobb. Whatever you
0: do, just don't be a fan of the NFC East. We have enough of that crap already come check us out there's always more room at the barbecue
2: anyway this has been the football trash talk for real fans podcast it's been a pleasure and as always FOT. team stay safe out there